So hello everyone and welcome to the Local Legends by Superhog, celebrating property people from all over the globe as they settle back into a more kind of normal year post-pandemic. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Steve Taggart from My Getaways based in the UK. My Getaways was founded by Steve in 2015. They manage and lease properties for the serviced accommodation market, whilst developing groundbreaking bespoke software to systemize and automate automate sorry the process for both guests and owners alike the my getaways team are sussex enthusiasts with a long history of providing amazing accommodation in sussex thanks steve for joining me and welcome to the podcast thanks for having me hannah thanks for having me looking forward to it that's all right um so um I'm sure you've had a busy 18 months or a very different 18 months than than normal. Um, how has the summer been for you and your business? Thankfully, the summer has come back absolutely amazing. We've you know, been full pretty much since the, the um, restrictions are completely lifted in July. Um, but, we, you know, the, the summer before that was, was picking up all the way along. I think people were sick to death of being stuck at home. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the steam was taken out of travelling abroad, so... Places like Brighton on the on the coast, especially if they like to play with the sun shining, is is where people want to travel to. So uh, it's been a tough eighteen months, as those ways about, but, but the business is back uh, stronger than ever now. Good. Um, so yeah, I bet at the moment where the weather in the UK, if everyone, anyone wants to know, is decided to have a mini heat wave in September when all the children are back at school, and I'm sure just all the couples are going on their holidays. Nobody else. Poor me. I'm sat indoors still. I'm working. <laughs> and you. Um, I'm sure that I'm hope, hoping you've got lots of bookings for for this this week and the weekend, and everyone's going to enjoy it down there. Yeah, we're full. We, 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 in fairness, September is looking like a, a record September after a record August. Um, you know, obviously the sunshine really helps, but yeah. I, I still think that need for people to get away, um, coming out of the, the serious peak period, which was very expensive for a lot of people. Sure. Um, you know, now coming into September, we're looking, you know, looking really good. But the weather, of course, helps. It's a 25 degrees, beautiful sunny day out there. Of course. Um, you can see probably a five-minute walk from the beach. So, um it's uh, yeah, it's lovely. Not so long on a, a rainy November day when the winds are at 150 miles an hour and you're struggling to stand up. The rocks are being thrown at you, which is our uh, sand, by the way. Our pebbles. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, are you normally a seasonal business? Do you get most of your bookings throughout summer, or do you still get people coming in the winter, winter months, spring months, that kind of thing? Yeah, I think, I think we do definitely have three distinct seasons. We have. Low season, which would be November, December, and January, which is very cold and windy and rainy. Um, people are celebrating Christmas at home as traditionally they would do. So um, that kind of that part of the year is, is still quite quiet. Weekends are always busy, and we have a, yeah. a contractor market during the week because that's when they tend to do their work because they yeah. don't come in the summer months to Brighton because it's too expensive for them to stay. Yeah, uh, and then the rest of the year, you know, is 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 you know a mixture of school holidays and and weekends. Um, leisure travellers and corporate stays for for midweeks. And um, when once we get to you know beginning of June, really even earlier than that, beginning of May when the Brighton Festival starts, um, you know Brighton every week is 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 absolutely full with both. Yeah. Uh, normally this year has been domestic tourists, but normally with international tourists as well as domestic. Um, probably the international tourists making up probably 30, 35% of our market in, in wow. summer. So, yeah. so, so have your, so the, with the local guests that have been coming in, has that been 
still as heavy as normal because you haven't had the international guests is what I'm saying. So um, have, have the local guests made up for that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and some. Um, you know, the, the the lack of foreign travel happening um, this year, people being weary, or British, you know, people being weary about travelling abroad. And I guess international guests are not travelling here either. Um, no. But certainly this year, the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the domestic market, um, came in full swing and, and more than made up for um, any property travellers and uh, tourism that we we were had, and, and even took us a little bit by surprise that you know the yeah. the, the um, certainly in August the you know the appetite for a, a break in Brighton was absolutely insatiable. Mm. Um, our other way of um, describing it, the the city was you know really really busy. Um, the businesses were busy. It was really nice to see you yeah. know. Coastal towns like ours back up on our feet. Yeah, who knew there was enough Brits in the UK to, to service that? Where's everyone come from? They've all come out. Can you imagine 60 million people on this little island of ours and we were still worrying about our, our, our normal local tourism? But yeah, they would be certainly, they certainly came out in their droves and still are, um, you know. And, and Brighton has got so much going for it. It's not just a weather dependent city. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever spent any time here, but it's, um, it's a pretty not crazy. A lot. But um, I've been a few times, but not not a lot. You need to add that to your list for the next <laughs> five months. It's a it's a crazy little town, Brian. It's got its absolute own energy and its own vibe, and um, yeah, be described as you know London by the sea. Well, I'd, I'd go further than that. It's London by the sea, but without the attitude. Um, yeah. oh. You know, everyone's very laid back in Brighton. It's it's got a real calm, um, easygoing spirit that um, that runs through everything that happens within the city. Yeah, well, decades. Yeah, well, I could imagine, like, you know, not a lot of people from what I hear are going into London, you know, because it's so built up and because of the pandemic. Um, like I actually went there the other day to go to the theatre um, and it just wasn't, it wasn't the same. Like, when I was getting the tube at, like, whatever time of night it was, normally I was expecting it to be packed, like, because, you know, I've been there for conferences and all sorts and it just wasn't the same. So really and truthfully... Like Brighton's a great place, like because, like you say, it, it's London by the sea. It's got the sea, so you probably have had those people that would normally go to London, maybe go to to Brighton. Um, so that's obviously benefited you, which is great. Um, Definitely, we've got we've got you know we've got a lot. There's a lot. Brighton has a lot to offer, even if it's a rainy day. You know, there's there's, there's loads of stuff inside. Some great restaurants, amazing, yeah. amazing pubs, fantastic nightlife. Um, but you know, a couple of great theatres as well. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the most unique spots in the country is our comedy club, which is uh, Comedia, which is you know one of the best rated comedy clubs in the in the country. When you add that and a, a wander around the the madness of um, uh, Prince Regent, which is the Brighton Pavilion, yeah, uh, yeah some of his zany artworks. Brighton is um, it's quite really vibrant. Cool. Yeah, it's a vibrant area, isn't it? So, yeah. so those are kind of things that you would say were. Um, was special for visitors, like why people should go there because of the vibrancy, the beach. There's there's shopping, isn't there? There's a great big shopping centre, and and the lanes, you know, with the, the kind of like a, a a modern day Soho, I suppose, is the yeah okay. quirky little knickknack type shops, and oh, I like those. And, and just outside the city, you know, you've got the the beauty of the South Downs, which you know is a unbelievably a fifteen minute bus ride, and you're on the top really? of the yeah, it's absolutely um. Gorgeous with Devil's Dyke. So, um, would you go walking and stuff, hiking yeah, around? Absolutely, there? yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Wow. There's so much to do, really, on your doorstep. It's like um, 
you know, you look like you have all, everything you could possibly think of, but within in one place, like right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously, I'm a Brian fan. <laughs> oh, you are very much. But that's why you're on the podcast because you're, yeah. you're a specialist in the area. You're a local legend. Um, but yeah, like London, you don't get so many rural, you know, you wouldn't be able to do that, would you? You wouldn't be able to go for a big walk like that. So, um, it sounds ideal for people maybe even in like you said international travelers coming next year hopefully um i still think that people may not go into london as much but you know you never know i hope they do because we've got clients there that that obviously we want them to succeed in still but you know we'll have to see what happens i think that's um i think we're definitely going to see and you know we've, we've supported the city is is a city in in not just name we have two um two universities one of them you know, one of the best universities in the country, you know, here with 40,000, 50,000 permanent students between them, you know, for, for yeah. nine a year. And with that comes their families and their friends and visiting. So, you know, it's a constant when, when the sun goes away after the summer, um, the city still lights up with the, you know, with the student market coming back to the city yeah. and, and that keeps it buzzy. Oh, good, good. Sounds like a great place to go. I should come more often. You have to come. You have to come. I think I've only been like I think I went once shopping. I mean that's sad, isn't it? Like that's all I did was went there for the shopping, um, and I can't remember what I did the other time. I don't know how far. I, I need to locate how far away it is. I think it's a little bit further than I normally. Not that I normally go to anywhere, <laughs> but like you know, for like a day trip or something, it's it's reasonably far. But um, you come for a couple of days. There's you I can't come do, for a couple of days. Do, you can't do Brighton in a day, no matter what they say. I think that's what I did, and probably wasn't the best. Next time you come, I'll take you around and show yeah, you. Yeah. So I was my next question was going to be, what would you recommend a visitor to do if they had 24 hours? But you're telling me 24 hours isn't enough. But if they could do anything within that time, what would you what would be the best things to do within 24 well, hours? If the, if the sun's shining, you know, you've you've got to head over to the pier and you know, that's the third largest visitor attraction in Britain. Um, you've got to pop down to the pier and have a nose down there and do some of the cheesy stuff that people do on the pier. Um, Cook a duck. Have a few drinks. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> over a few coconuts, if they still do that down there. Uh, and obviously get yourself onto the beach for a couple of hours, get into the sea. It's blimming cold, but it's yeah. uh, it's even even in September, the best it gets is 19 degrees, which it doesn't sound too bad, but when you get in it, you'll certainly know if you're in the English Channel. But you've but got to do it. Yeah, cold water swimming though is the thing now here in the UK. Dang, it's so, bloody, so, so I, I wouldn't even put people off. I don't think these. No, days. no, not anymore. Well, we see it every day, every day, including Christmas Day, people, you know, uh, head down to the beach and jump in the sea and swim in it. Um, but yeah, you, you know, get yourself down the beach, get take in a show at the Theatre Royal, or or definitely try to get yourself to Comedia, the Comedy Club, or the Dome, see yeah. what's going on there. Um, you know, and you know, absolutely check out the restaurants. We have somewhere. Some amazing restaurants to the scene. Um, actually, dozens and dozens of amazing restaurants, and and some of them pretty unique to the city as well, like Riddle and Finn's, an oyster oyster bar. You know, oh yeah, which, which nice. Pretty cool. um, fish you know. is my fish is my thing. Um, I, I'm actually I don't eat I don't eat meat, so I just eat fish and and veggie stuff. So fit, it would, I'd be perfect. Oh, you would love that. You would love that. And, and, and if you're into fish, I mean, the, by far the the best fish restaurant in this in the city. Um, which also does steaks, so you know that covers me sometimes. Is it called the Soup Room, which is part of the Metro Hotel, which is absolutely you know amazing. If you're very bright and check them out. Sounds great. It really does. Um, so 
Moving on to just about the industry. So what is it that you love about the vacation rentals industry and hosting? I mean, you've been doing it. I mean, I don't even know, Steve, you might have been doing it since before 2015. I know that you launched My Getaways then. But yeah, what do you love about about um, the industry? Yeah, I, I, you, you know, I, I, I have two children and I, I did exactly this. Um, kind of traveling when we were ever when we went abroad, we'd always rent a villa, yeah. we'd always rent an apartment. And I never understood why it wasn't a thing in Britain. Yeah. I've been doing this for, for many years. You know, when we go abroad, you, you don't go in a hotel when you've got children, you want some space. Yeah. Um, so I was um I was amazed it wasn't a thing in Britain, really. And and I had um, a small flat in Brighton in 2009, mm-hmm. um, which I um had some trouble with the tenants that I had in there that didn't pay mm-hmm. the rent. Yeah. Months to get them out and to court, and left the place in a bit of a bit of a state, and I was going to sell it. And a friend of mine at the time said, "We tried holidays, you know, they they do pretty well in Brighton." Never thought anything of it long before Airbnb came on the scene, yeah, um, or any of the other platforms. Really, um, there was owners direct in them days. They were the only yeah. really you could market yeah. stuff like locally. So, um, so I gave it a go, and, and obviously the income was fantastic immediately. But the important stuff was the the property always looked good. Guests really appreciated the area. You know, they um, they loved where the location of the property was. They seemed to look after the property. And it didn't feel like a hotel-type experience anymore. Mm -hmm. It it started feeling, my guests started feeling and and feeling back to me that it did have that feel that I was looking for when I went abroad. So that kind of really brought me into it. But at the time, there was very little in the way of technology to to drive and systemize and scale. Um, and yeah. that's where kind of over the years, I kind of carried on doing what I was doing at the time and, and kind of, you know, believed that there was a way to, you know, to improve what was out there. And that's where kind of my getaway started really. And, um, you know, we, you know, we haven't looked back apart from last, you know, last year when the pandemic hit and, you know, the whole world was terrified that the, yeah. you know, yeah. it's going to go wrong. But yeah, I mean, during that period, it was, um, you know, you know. Apart from that period, it's been uh, it's been a real upward curve for us. And you know, yeah, love it, we love it. And and you know, I, I honestly think that the vacation rentals industry is still very embryonic. And as a result, we can um, we can rise to challenges pretty quickly, and we can turn like a speedboat would against a cruise liner. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the hotel industry is, is a you know is an establishment. The the big cruise liners, but they can't turn on a sixpence and. And change yeah. the way they do business, and we can. It's uh, yeah, it's very it? dynamic, and that is going to be the case for the next five or six years until um, the the whole industry matures. I'm sure. Absolutely, when I talk about this all the time, we're completely in our infancy still. Um, you know, twelve years. You've started from the beginning, like 2009. I bet it was very, very different. I bet everything was very manual. I, I bet you didn't know where to list or how to promote yourself. But obviously, you were in a great area, so it was probably easy to get guests in. Um, and even now, that there's still missing parts. You know, we're here now, and and we're doing what we're doing, and there was nothing really like us about. And even that's still, you know, we're still developing as a com- uh, as a company and adapting and listening to property managers and stuff to to be able to make it better. Um, but yeah, I, but that's exciting. I like the fact that, um, like you said, like that we're adaptable. Um, it feels, and I talk about this all the time, probably on a previous one of these podcasts, that we all feel sort of more. It feels more of a community, and everyone does kind of help each other out and listens to each other, um, and and um, that's what I love about the industry. Um, 
I used to do car insurance before, before, and that wasn't didn't have the same feel. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I bet it wasn't anywhere near as buzzy. But again, that is a as I said, the you know the analogy between hotels and and our marketplace, you know, the service accommodation sector. You know, the insurance is is the same. It's an established market that's been going for hundreds of years, and we'll have a way of doing things. Well, we're just making it up as we go along, and and guests yeah. seem to love it. <laughs> exactly, it is a bit like that. Um, so, what's your top tip for other property managers um, to make guests feel welcome? What do you feel is like really key for your business that you do? Yeah, I think the important stuff is making sure that you've got the right information at the right time for the guests so they feel that the whole um, process is fluid for them. Um, the, the days of, of, um, of checking guests in personally are finished. They're, they're over. COVID yeah. to that. Accelerated that. It was going that way anyway. Guests don't want you to meet them anymore. They want to be able to access the property when they're ready, when it suits them, at a time that suits them. They didn't want to know where to park as they're coming into the city. They want to know the Wi-Fi code as they walk through the door. Um, and I would strongly recommend any other property manager invest in making sure that even if you haven't got the tech like we have, we've yeah. got the native apps for iOS and Android for our guests, yeah. um, which has videos of how to turn heating on and stuff like that. Even if you right. don't have that technology, yeah. just make sure you get that information to your guests just at the right time. Yeah. Um, try and automate the system so that you can deliver the information they want to hear when they need to hear it. There's no point in telling, for instance, um, somebody the Wi-Fi code three months before they arrive. Oh God, you wouldn't remember that, would you? Or where, it, where you'd had it? I've seen it. You know, I've, I've seen it, Hannah. <laughs> and a, you know, the, I've seen some real horror stories over the years. But and then they don't send that information again to the guests at all. And uh, guests remember that it's never going to happen. So, you know, uh, I was just say make sure you deliver the information the guest needs. You know, at the right time. Don't forget they're a stranger to your not just to your property, but potentially your town as well. Yeah. Um, but try and help them out. Try and point them in the right direction of where to go and have food and where to eat out, where to have fun, you know, uh, even if you're doing it manually, leave a brochure of some sort inside the property. Yeah. Uh, you know, make them feel welcome. And always, always make sure they have a 24-hour, seven days a week phone number that they can contact you at if there's ever a problem. Yeah, sure. Without that, they're on their own. Great, great advice. I mean, yeah, I think, um, you know, people just want to be left alone now, don't they? So they want to be able to book a property and not have to interact. They just yeah. want to get on with their holiday. Um, some people like a bit more of a personal touch, but that's the majority of people. So you're right, like getting everything to them when they need it. I mean, if I went into a, a property and there wasn't the Wi-Fi code, Wi-Fi code, and it was sent to me three months ago, the teenagers would be going ballistic. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah. stressful. I wouldn't want that because it's bad enough at home, let alone like when we go. It's really painful. <laughs> it's really painful. Um, Teenagers yeah. without Wi-Fi code, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, like, it's good, like, that you'll be able to like recommend places to to eat and stuff because more now than ever, people need to book things. Um, even now, you know, as the UK is coming out of this, 
we'll never come out of it fully but you know as we're coming out of this even restaurants are doing things differently you have to book so you wouldn't want to be disappointed of you can't just walk up somewhere and 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 get the slot that you want to at the time that you need to so you need to be able to book things so it's good that you could provide that information up front um I write an itinerary now I never used to do this but because I didn't want to be that organized I wanted to be a bit more like you know fluid like you know spontaneous but now yeah. I have to write like what I'm doing on a day because I want to book all these things in I mean we've got three children so we have to do like set things like make sure everyone's sort of catered for and yeah. I write these itineraries now so um I like to book everything in advance so I know and actually it made it actually makes I think about a holiday for us so um so yeah it's all good so um, have you managed to have your own holiday this year or are you going to still have your own holiday this year? Uh, both, actually. I've been lucky enough to... I did take the the, the uh, foreign route and went over to pop over to one of the Greek islands for a week. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah, we managed to get a villa and, you know, we, we just, you know, thought we'd give it a go. And as it turned out, it wasn't that tricky at all. It was actually... Good. As long as we were organised, it was pretty good. So we're going to do that and we're probably going to get away at Christmas time as well. Um, um, but they were the first holidays, obviously, since the pandemic began. So, uh, yeah, yeah. it's nice to get some guaranteed sun. Yeah, well, so we're looking at booking to go abroad. We have not this year. Like I said, we've got three children, five of us doing all those tests and things. I just thought, no, not doing it this year. We just stayed local. Um, we actually just went up to Wales because um, I've got family there and just hang out there, which is really nice. Um, but, yeah, next year we're actually have, hoping to go to Greece. Greece is on my... I've been wanting to go, I've been like years ago, but I was like, I really want to go back there. I love the food and stuff. Um, but we're going to try and go to a uh, one of the smaller islands, Lefkas. I don't know if you... Yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. It's nice, which is not as touristy. So we're going to hopefully try and go there. But um, I'm in the process of trying to book already for next year. So guests need to get in and book, book an event now, the- don't you? This um this travel boom is not going to have to stop anytime soon. People are desperate to get away. Take a year of their year of their time where they can't move anywhere around the world, and all of a sudden they're going to be desperate to get out and about and doing it more often, I expect. Exactly, and that's why they got to plan in advance as well. Like for me, us next year, I need to do it now because I know. I mean, it's expensive enough, let alone if I book last minute. So there's those those things we've got to do. I'm planning already, and I don't even think about next year. But there you go. Well done, uh, organised. <laughs> yeah, well organised. Well, Steve, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the Local Legends podcast. It's been really great to hear about um, the region. Um, your you know what you've been up to and my getaways um i hope to visit at some point i've got all of these lists this list now of all these places where i'm talking to everyone from that i haven't actually really been to i seem yeah. really well un, untraveled don't i it's tragic <laughs> um but it's, I, uh, I think is in the water Especially in the UK, though, I do definitely think that people have underestimated how many nice places there are. Um, and I think people are much more aware of, of, of holidaying here, whether it be in summer or, or have a break. So that's great. So thanks very much for coming on. You're welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me.